0: Hello and welcome. The following message is from Benediction Church in Hamilton, Ontario. Morning, everyone. If you could open your Bibles uh, at Matthew 12, we're going to be looking at those verses, especially verses 28 and 29 this morning. This season at Benediction, we're learning about what the kingdom of God looks like. And uh, Jesus' parables helps us understand more about this kingdom of God. What does it look like? And uh, our parable today, a very short one, you probably even missed it in reading, um, is going to illustrate a little bit about that. So verses 28 and 29, talking about the kingdom of God, says, If it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this short parable, There's a straightforward lesson. The straightforward lesson is basically that even if Satan is a strong man, and even if the world is his house, and even if we are the property of Satan, if he has us, Jesus is the stronger man who kicks open Satan's door and ties him up and steals his people away to a new house, to a new kingdom. And this new house is filled with spirits. There are some spirits drawn out all around, if you can see it. But it's not like a haunted house. It's not a spooky house in that sense. It's more like the house in the movie Encanto, a supernatural home that brings blessings to the whole village. I feel that God has been impressing on me The need to remind people that there is a reality beyond our printed Bibles that we can touch or our local church that we can see and our natural world that we study. So we need to remember the reason why we trust Scripture in the first place. It has to do with that spiritual reality. We're going to be talking about that, the spiritual reality of this parable. And move on to a few applications. So, why do we trust Scripture in the first place? It's because a spirit opened up our ears to the truth when we heard the gospel. And we trust basically an invisible being. When we trust Scripture, we're trusting the testimony of an invisible being, an ancient spirit. Have you paused to consider that, how how weird that is, especially here in the West? And Jesus clearly trusted this spirit, and Paul, supposed to be in that picture, he trusted that spirit too. Paul said that the Holy Spirit assures us that we are God's children, and that he enables us to confess Jesus and enables us to separate, to distinguish good from evil spirits. There's another apostle that trusted uh, this spirit, John, and he said that the Holy Spirit assures us that we are God's children. You can read it in his Gospels and in, in some of the letters. The Spirit enables us to confess Jesus. We would not be able to do that with a full heart if it weren't for the Spirit, and enables us to distinguish, oh, sorry, to test if the spirits are from God or not. There are passages there. We can check that out later, but he literally says, to see whether the spirits are from God. So that's what the Spirit helps us do, and that's what our forefathers believed. Now, let's go back to the parable. You can notice that in this parable, humans, us, they're not doing much. They're just sitting there, They're property, right? In this parable, we're being stolen. There's a war in the spiritual realm that directly affects each of us. And today, I want to explore that spiritual dimension. What are these spiritual beings? Let's learn a bit about them. Uh, did, did Jesus really expect us to pick a side in this war between spirits? Scripture is filled with characters that are spirits. Um, They are called Elohim in Hebrew. It translates as divine beings or angels, gods, or godlike rulers. They are intelligent, they're powerful, and they are all under the authority of the Almighty, Yahweh. We call it Yahweh. It's It's complicated. We don't know exactly what his name is our our own god's name we don't know exactly how to pronounce it i'll just pronounce it as yahweh for today so like the wind or like electricity they are mostly invisible to us these beings they can com- communicate with us some of them if they want to some can even take human form they can appear to be human not humans with wings just human straight up human um the angel of the Lord is one of those. And we see in the Old Testament uh, some passages where it just pops up. Others are called to conference meetings with God himself. They're staff, right? They're the divine counsel of the Lord. Um, if you remember the book of Job, the divine council was there. And there's other passages where these spirits were there. Others are rebels. And they come to this world, our world to steal, to kill, to destroy, to imprison people, to put people into bondage. And uh, they are all under the authority of the adversary, the Satan. Satan is the adversary, Satan we call him, or Beelzebub uh, in the passage. Now others are messengers, others are guards, they are masters of ceremonies, they basically do whatever God tells them to do in a specific mission. They are the angels and the cherubim. That includes the seraphim of Isaiah too. So when we sing cherubim and seraphim, talking about those. And others are human spirits. You and I, were all made of flesh stuff and spirit stuff. We're all spiritual beings. Our parable today, then, mentions the Spirit of God and the Satan, Satan, or Beelzebub. Jesus picked a side. Jesus is on the side of the Spirit of God. If you check verse 28 and 29, he says something about the Spirit of God, and I think it's important for us to remember that. But now we're we're all in this spiritual realm. Let's come back to the passage. It's a historical point. uh, in which Jesus is physically in Galilee and he's, you know, trying to do his work. Uh, how did we get there? Where, sometimes when I read the parables, it all floats and there's the parable of, of the sower, there's the parable of this or that, and I don't know when that happened, where exactly it took place and which order. So I took a chronological Bible and I'll take their word for it. So let, let's give you some background. How did we get here in this moment where Jesus is Casting out a spirit. Okay, so first, um, that's basically the area where they are, the area of Palestine today. Um, So it starts off by Jesus turning water into wine in Galilee. First public miracle. And then he casts out, not demons, merchants. He casts out uh, people that were selling things in the temple. That's in Judea. Then he tells a man still in Judea that no one can see the kingdom unless born of water and spirit. That's important for our parable too. And then he goes to Samaria, 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 tells a woman there that he is the anointed king. So he announces himself. And this king gives living water to those who worship in spirit and not in temples. So that's another important thing for our parable. Then what happens? Then he ends up returning to Galilee. He stays there for some time. And in Galilee, he says something. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. He goes to a synagogue, a meeting like this one for the Jews and He says that the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled. And he talks about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. To proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed. And he goes on. Now... Then he enters a house. That's where we are. He was there, did all those miracles, walked, and he's now in Galilee. A crowded house is there. Uh, There's a crowd he can barely eat. And it's so crowded uh, that his family thinks he's crazy. Um, And then he, he turns to a man who could not see. That's basically that man right there. And he couldn't speak, and his heart was invaded by this evil spirit. And then he casts out the demon. And then he heals that man. And one straightforward lesson here is that if the powers of darkness are being kicked in the butt by Jesus, then Jesus is more powerful than the current ruler of the demons. The same God from the Old Testament who forbade Satan to kill Job, remember the story of Job, or the story of Samuel and David, That God had control over the spirits that were tempting David, that were entering and and coming out of Saul. The same God that had control over them is telling Satan that his role has changed. Satan is not the regional manager of earth anymore. He's a human being, and a human being is taking over the spiritual operations right now. The royal son of David, and son of God. A terrestrial and extraterrestrial king. And then what happens? After that, Jesus says something that today can be quite polemical. He says, verse 30, you can look at your Bibles, verse 30. He says, he who is not with me is against me. So there's a war, and Jesus says, he who's not with me is against me. Is there any neutral ground in this spiritual war? I I say this because I'm Brazilian. We usually don't partake in wars, or like the Swiss also don't tend to. Um, Isn't there a neutral ground we can stand on? Did Jesus really mean to say all people who don't follow him are his enemies? Is, Is that what Jesus is saying? Everyone else who's not... Precisely with me is my enemy. Is that what he's trying to say? What about those people who are just kind of open to Jesus? Like, yeah, Jesus is fine. I don't mind him. He's a nice preacher. He's a good moral teacher. Then what about the doubters? What about the people who never even heard of Jesus? Not only today, but even before the gospel went global. What about all of them? How would you answer that? I'm not going to even try right now. It's not the, the main point of the passage, but are you, if, if you proclaim Jesus as the only Savior, are, are you prepared to answer those questions? Do, do you have a, an opinion on it? Can you back that up with other sayings from Jesus, from Peter, from Paul? It's, it's important that we learn to do that. And here's a question these days that is tough. Does that make you a fundamentalist? Depending on how you answer that, yes, we all have to pick a side. There's no neutral ground. Does that mean we're fundamentalists? How do you feel about that? What's the answer to that. So I, I pray for all of us, I, it's hard, and I pray for mercy and wisdom as we ponder all these things. This is hard work. 3 4 Aha! There's nothing here? Sorry right, guys. Here it is. What if it's true that every human who does not pledge allegiance to King Jesus will be cast out of earth in some kind of eternal fire? What if it's true that the same place where God will send Satan and where God will send his demons to suffer and to punish them, what if our loved ones, some of them, are going to be thrown there. My father doesn't believe Jesus, I I don't want my father there. We all have loved ones who are not with team Jesus, who are not confessing him. It's one of the hardest burdens to carry in this life. Um, And I I don't take that lightly. I I weep with you as we wait for mercy. We need to pray for them and, and for ourselves when we doubt so we can continue to believe. Um, But that's not the only hard thing. There's another thing that makes this parable very hard, at least to me when I read it. It's about strong males, kings and strong men taking over. You know, uh, it's been 2,000 years after this episode and a lot has happened in the hands of strong men in history even before that but i don't think this would be appealing to anyone today take this is one of my ancestors uh, he's from brazil uh, an in- indigenous chief chief chibirisa he's a strong man and there's a s- historian that says that chief chibirisa he was a leader of the nation tupi back when the uh, portuguese were uh, taking over And he chose Christianity, the historian says, around the 1500s. And he also chose to side with the Portuguese. Uh, There was an army occupation and he fought with the Portuguese against his own brother. And he killed his own brother in the war. I have so many mixed feelings about about this story. But it's just one example of rulers fighting other rulers, strong men, picking sides, projecting strength, trying to take things from other men. It sounds like the way of the world, doesn't it? This parable sounds a bit too much like that. No wonder that Jesus, the strong male monarch, is hard to sell today. Like a lot of people are just put off by that. And to me, it's a little bit off-putting as well. I have to grapple with it. Especially, it's hard for people who have been hurt by strong men. Even in the church, a lot of people have had bad stories with strong men taking what's not theirs. Or even by modern colonialism, we can talk about that today. Or cult leaders claiming to have the spirit of God. A lot of people have been hurt by that. So I just want us to be aware of how hard it is for people to side with Jesus. Jesus. Today, when he says all those things, how can you help people see that Jesus is different from other men in their lives, other kings in their history? Um, we, We should think about that. And what about the Holy Spirit? How can we help people see that that spirit is also different from other spirits of other religions? For example, there's a spirit, it might be all in his head, it might be, they might be demons, I don't know, but there's a spirit who called Joseph Smith in the United States uh, to proclaim a new religion, a new way of life, and he talks a lot about Jesus, or in Brazil there's a spirit called Emmanuel, Uh, he came to a guy called Chico Xavier, and he taught Chico Xavier to reinterpret the gospel according to him, according to this Emmanuel spirit. So he took the Bible and says, this is what Christians believe now. So what about that spirit? Uh, Why not believe that one? And what about uh, Jibril, or the angel Gabriel, who came to Muhammad? He's a spirit. There's, There's a voice there. Why not trust him? And then there's the Orishas, a whole bunch of spirits, Uh, that uh, came to chiefs uh, and and came to uh, witch doctors uh, in Africa, and today they're also in Brazil. What about those spirits? What about their testimony? Why do we trust in this Middle Eastern God? Why do we trust... In the spirit of the god of the hebrews rather than any of those if you grew up in western culture i I get that you probably don't think about it that often and that's precisely why i'm bringing this today it's i'm not just talking about spiritual warfare we talk about spiritual warfare it becomes very humanized like only individualized it's my spirit it's my temptation my faith but no it's not just about that it's about actual spiritual entities in this city, in this very city yesterday I was at this uh, festival and uh, the artist was singing praises to Yansan an orishah and here I am today singing praises to Yahweh our God, the spirit of our God she calls herself a daughter of Yansan in her songs I call myself a child of Yahweh so there are competing spirits, competing realities, even around here in, in, in the Hamilton area, in the greater Toronto area. Um, there's also a friend of mine from the U.S. He, he's a seminary professor, he went to Africa, and he taught a regular seminary class, but his students came to him and said, very good class. Could you help us figure out what to do with the witch doctors that are uh, sending spirits to torment us in our businesses and and everything's upside down? So his class was not geared toward that and those are actual problems in the majority world. He felt totally unprepared. It's not just mysticism, it's not just superstition. The majority world actually is more attuned to the spiritual realities and we, we should tune in as well. So what do I do with this? I encourage you and all of us to learn more about other spirits that are actively dragging people away from Jesus all over the world and learn why it is that Christians should choose to trust the spirit of Yahweh like Jesus did. Do you believe this spirit just because we're brought up in church and that's just familiar to your ears? Is it just because he's stronger? stronger than Satan you've seen some miracles and he seems to be the top dog like is that why why what makes the Holy Ghost this spiritual being so dear to you that you would abandon everything to follow his calling I, I challenge us to think about that and I'll conclude now I'll conclude by repeating how this parable uh, helps us understand God's kingdom Jesus is saying that the old boss. Oops. Here's where I want this. He's saying that the old boss was losing his power, losing his house, and the kingdom of restoration was inaugurated that day. And that's why we're here. That's why we celebrate every week, and we sing that we will feast in the house of Zion, a new house. Jesus did the work. He picked a side. We picked a side. And now the Holy Spirit is this army, spiritual beings all over the world, spiritual beings here in Hamilton, maybe around your own neighborhood. And weird as this may sound, let us just be grateful for that. It's it's actually a reason to celebrate that a powerful, ancient, benevolent spirit took pity on us, who are rebellious, And we were in poor company too. And he was kind to us. A kind spirit, a generous protector who chose to live with us humans once again. The spirit of Yahweh is here. In this building, he is among us and he will be with you when you go home. So let's thank him and let's talk to him right now spirit of our dear god spirit of our dear christ thank you for taking pity on us for choosing us and for enlightening us as to what makes your kingdom so different a kingdom of healing to the blind to the mute to the oppressed bring that healing to hamilton bring that healing to our own lives help us lord Keep the faith in you and discern spirits, Lord. Have mercy on us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Benediction Church in Hamilton, Ontario. Feel free to copy and share these resources, but please don't alter the content in any way. We invite you to visit us online again soon at www.benedictionchurch for more teaching and information about how you can join us in serving and praying that it would be in Hamilton as it is in heaven.